Welcome to Grog Talk. Welcome. Episode uh, 16. And uh, Dan and I are a little tired because somehow this is this weekend has now become the uh, Grog, uh, mini Grog, pre-spring, spring Grog, Grog uh, time? Yes. Because we have three games. Well, I, there's three games happening this weekend. I hosted a game last night. You're hosting a game this morning. So you're preparing for that. Yes. And then I have uh, the weekly game that I go to on Saturday. So I'm thinking about 12 hours of D&D play. So, you, of course, the answer you know then is that means the significant other is not here, which is why I'm able to do this. Yeah, yeah, because you know that's what you do. When your wife goes out of right. town, you go crazy and right. you, you do a lot of role playing. Yes, uh, and, and you know my uh, my wife was really concerned. You know, like many right. leaving their husband home and thinking, what would he do? Eighteen hours of role playing. It's a perfect cover, right? You know, if you know, because you know it it it, it allegedly takes a large swaths swaths. Yes. Right? Well, I'm you know, sorry. and uh, but if this is a ruse, I am taking this extremely seriously because I bought all these books. I spent yes. my Saturdays doing this. So your aff- your affair better be really good. Yeah, yeah. My my <laughs> second life, whatever that is, is is awesome. <laughs> better I'm, be worth all this money. You know, putting in books, Time, learning about podcasts, podcasts, not getting preparing an adventure. Just DMing a campaign. Right. Just exactly. You're gonna be too tired to have an affair. That's right. Yeah, this is this is it. Well, we I have a mistress. It's role playing, and unfortunately, yes. uh, that is it's uh, it's definitely a lot of work. But so um, today on our word of recall, we are going to talk about. We're going to continue our conversation about magic items, and um, because there's a lot of topics, we're going to talk about scrolls. And uh, we probably should, and we'll, yeah, let's, because we don't have that much time. We're going to talk about scrolls and artifacts, because those are two uh, major ones. We talked about rods, staffs, and wands. We'll go over these, and then what we have left is rings and then miscellaneous uh, mm-hmm. items. And potions. I guess we didn't talk about potions. Yeah. We, we did that. So, uh, but we'll start with scrolls, because I think that's another item that uh, has some confusion that we hope to dispel or we're going to uh, exacerbate. Or generate, yes, exacerbate. And uh, artifacts are one that um, is, is it's something that uh, a, a lot of campaigns, it's a great way to add flavor, but a lot of people are very leery to put them on because they can be uh, world breakers. So, uh, so Dan, I know you're, a little, uh, you're getting ready for this morning's game, so... I'm not going to torture you too much with questions, peppering with questions, but regarding scrolls. So, what is a scroll? What is how does it differentiate from a spell book, and what are the pros and cons of a scroll right. when it comes to magic? Right. So, uh, a scroll is going to contain a spell or spells, and scrolls differ from. I feel like I'm in school, but that's why I, scrolls differ from D and D schools. Scroll, this is a Socratic method. Where this is a, you're, yeah, you're using the Socratic method on me. There you go. Scrolls differ, except you're not me. Scrolls, you don't. But I'm Greek. Uh, doesn't that count? Um, is, I don't know. Is there an association well, between so- Greek? Socrates. Socrates. Oh yeah, that's right. There is. I see you would be expected to use it. Yeah. Scrolls differ from spell books in that 
the the spell book, the spell is written there. I guess that we can say permanent. I mean, the book can burn or something, but it's, right. it's permanently there, and so you can memorize it as often as you need to. With a scroll, it's a one and done, right? Unless and we'll talk about this, I'm sure. Unless you're going to write it into your spell book, but it's a one and done. So you read the spell from the scroll, it disappears. And I'm trying to remember: does a scroll turn? No, uh, as far, uh, the the actual uh, glyphs disappear. Just disappear. And but scrolls are so scrolls are very useful uh, in that you get to even if you don't. We can talk. We'll talk about this as well. I'm sure. Even if you don't, even if you don't know the spell, right? You can use the scroll. I don't think, if I recall correctly, you don't have to roll to know spell. Is that right? To use right. an office scroll, uh, and uh, they're nice because they also give uh, the spellcaster an opportunity to write that use that scroll, right? To put it into their spell book. So it's a nice way because magic magic users are desperately trying to generate spells for a spell book, right? I mean, if you if you wait to move up levels to get more spells, your spell book is going to be pretty thin. Right. And so scrolls are, are very useful when you find them. Um, you can't use them, though, right? I mean, you've got to, you, you don't want to cast the, the spell if you want to turn put it into your book. Well, that's right? the conundrum. Yeah. That's conundrum. So that that's how scrolls differ. They're one and done as opposed to spells that you can use again and again when they're in your spell book. Yeah, uh, and, and it's interesting. So again, in first edition D and D and all D and D, there's this type of magic that's been called Vancy magic from the Vance books uh, on Dying Earth and those uh, those books where the idea and it's and it's interesting because computer games have have shied away from it. Um, this idea that the words actually have meaning and the the encanter, the enchanter, or the spellcaster has to memorize this recipe, this series of words, and um, the, that, the effort of doing that captures the information, uh, the power, and then when they say it in the writing condition, not only does the spell come forth, but the, um, they lose that, they, the memory is lost, and they have to re-memorize. It's right. like you're cramming for an exam, and then you purge it out at the exam, and then you have to relearn it. Right, because you forget everything right. the minute you walk out of the exam. So in some ways, they're terrible students because they cram everything and they spit it out. So um, depending on, the, on your level, the idea is that you have more capacity and more capability to learn more spells. You can memorize more spells and more complicated spells. So you have a finite number of spells per day. Um, and so your choices as your spell book, which is a permanent record of the spells that you can memorize grows, you have to select from them. And so every magic user, as their spellbook increases, has this conundrum of which spells do I select for the adventuring? And um, a scroll allows you to have a wider choice of spells at your disposal without memorizing them. And I should mention all it's on my mind, if I recall correctly, scrolls, you don't need magic, you don't need spell components. Right. So they're, they're basically, t- it's like a, a, a cribs test. It's a cheat it's a cheat sheet that has everything that you need in a scroll format. Um, it also doesn't have the chance, uh, at least the way I DM it, for not failing, though I'm sure uh, a spell failure. So another challenge we've talked about before is in, when you're in combat, you have the magic user, the spellcaster has to stand still, either has a verbal component, a somatic component, a spell components. They have to perform this ritual for as long as the, the scroll uh, spell happens. And if they are interrupted at any time, Oh. They get damaged. So the uh, idea is the scroll, um, well, at least I've never played it, though I'm sure people do, where they recited off the scroll that um, 
you, you have less likely or no chance of spell failure in that case. Oh, but, so you don't, I never thought about that. Okay, so you do not apply the interruption rules right. to scrolls. Do you buy? Do you, but you could. I just choose not. So in other words, you're, you're not aware of there being an answer in the books on how to apply the interruption rules to no. scroll. Does the book talk about? I can't remember about how long casting time. So do you, I assume you apply the casting time though yes. of the of the actual spell. I, I, I we should. I probably don't as much as I should. Meaning that I do not take that into account as much as I as as I should. Meaning. A lot of times, so if a, scroll, a spell had, let's say, a one-round uh, casting time, which would basically be a whole combat round, unless I remember it, a lot of times I'll just say, oh, you cast that, and it, it happens, where, I, where you should be applying the, the casting time. Absolutely. Because, in theory, the reason the cast time is increased because the spell, the way mm -hmm. to encant it, takes that long. And so your theory on the not applying the interruption rules, well, I'm just repeating basically what you said, is that you believe with the scrolls you don't need. I mean, obviously, if you're reading off a scroll, you can't be waving your arms around and right. doing any sort of somatic, right? So the, so, so the idea is maybe the reason when you get struck in combat, it's a problem because you have a, a somatic component, the hand component, and, and that gets, it has to be very precise movements. Mm -hmm. And so maybe the utterances as you're getting stabbed, oh, uh, yeah, oh, so many dominate, uh, and you can, yeah. you can do that too. I don't know if I'd rule that because then of course then you're gonna have players going well this spell only has a verbal component why can't I do that uh, for just a verbal like command you know if I try to cast command right um, so you know I think you should apply it but generally I've hand waved that and so maybe I need to start doing that I'm gonna write that down I'm sure my players are really excited about yeah. scrolls being interrupted and their valuable scroll gets damaged please cancel the podcast <laughs> no no more podcasts <laughs> we have this very powerful spell and someone touches the magic user and now their scroll gets gets well removed. I never understood I think we talked about this before I don't understand why the interruption rules only apply if you're hit because the DMG if I somewhere I believe you know explains how everything has to be precise Right. You know, it, melee, we know, is a series of dodges and feints, right, moving around. It's just what, you know, your chance to hit is when you have an opening. Well, if you're attacking on a magic user, the, you know, the magic user, even before they actually get, if they don't get hit, I mean, sure. who stands there? I mean, what's that, an AC 20? I mean, who just stands there? To, to be AC hit. twenty. What are you? We're playing third edition now. There's oh, no, sorry, there's, there's, there is an AC twenty. That's very. That's good. That's like AC zero. Well, that's the ours. other way around. Um, that makes no sense to me. Dan, you're just you're just yeah. you're just saying things. It's like you're, you're well, making was, up words now. I know. I was trying. You know, I was yeah, trying I to make it funny. No, it is All funny. Right. It's a, it's funny because you said AC twenty. That was, that's good. See, I don't know. I don't know any. I don't know anything about fifth edition. Any edition, hey, third edition. Know. But your point is well taken. That. Um, the idea of a melee round is there's a series of feints, and that when you're actually rolling, you're not. That's yeah. not your only hit. So I agree with. Because really, it should be the magic user should have to stand in the corner as they often do, mm -hmm. and out of it. And if I see you casting a spell and I run over at you and I start to whack at you, you're going to be fumbling. That spell, it seems to me, has been interrupted. But we know that's not the rule. So yes, and like a lot of things, you as the DM have to decide how much of the suspension of disbelief you're going to take it to. And I will argue that that's why you make a roll in that basically um, you've taken the round to go towards the guy. Mm -hmm. You're, you as the, excuse me, you as the attacker are, are navigating through the combat. And just as you get to the thing, that's why you get that one attack and it's at full advantage well, right. because they, they don't have all that armor class. And um, that one attack represents you getting to the thing 
you lining up a perfect attack because that's why they don't get their AC bonus and everything else, and then it misses. But you, we could change the facts. I mean, we could be like they're in melee. So, so magic user is you know fighting in melee could happen with a dagger, right. <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden decides to cast a spell the next round, and so they're already in melee. Right. They you know they win initiative, but it's on you know they're going on like I don't know segment. Five or six or something like that. You Thank know. you for watching. I know whoever was just that, we just turned them off when we talked about segment five. They were like, oh my God, they're talking about comedy. Right. Yeah, like, go ahead, you're right. Because you're supposed to keep track of it, right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, that's so what happened those first, those first four segments. Right. You know, you're, you're like, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive. You're just standing there doing your business, you know, right? I mean, well, and then how much of the sp- casting time is really casting time or the preparation of the casting time. Oh, that's right. Perhaps the casting time includes the pre-casting time, getting the spell component, right. organizing a way which you don't have to be as um, rigid. The only time that actually is the casting is the uh, verbal and semantic component, which could be maybe a segment only at that point. It's at that moment you get the attack. Yeah, but it's, we know that it's all lumped together because if you the go... The defense rests, by the way, for Gary Gygax. That's my... That's my. It, it, it's all lumped together, though, because if right. you go, if you win initiative and you get a six, or, right? I mean, you go, right? I mean, you may go right at the beginning, right? I mean, right. you may go on segment one. Right. And and, you, and a spellcaster, is, you're going to say, yeah, you can cast your spell on segment one, right? Though I think there's somewhere that it says that... Gygax, I believe, said in... On one of the online things, said that... Um, so this is hearsay. So it is here. So yes, this is inadmissible. Is that it was? Um, it goes the round after the segment after. Okay. That I was when it takes effect. But that, oh, the round after. Interesting. It's segment, not oh, round. Segment. segment after. It takes effect the segment after. I can find it. Right, so you can cast the spell, still be killed, and then the spell would go off. Uh, yeah, I think that right. I think that's right. Yeah, interesting. All right, but well, shall we talk about scrolls? Um, yeah, but the, well, but these are the complexities of spell casting that, depending on how the DM or you as the DM adjudicate. Uh, having a scroll eliminates a lot of those issues and yeah. gives you a better palette. Um, and that's why the idea of uh, magic users as they attain higher level, and we'll talk about what level you have to be because there is some confusion on that, um, we'll write these and prepare them so that they have a bigger palette of, of spells to when they're doing adventuring or whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, they, they provide uh, additional spells. They... Um, they also allow you to cast spells that you do not either have the level to cast or the aptitude to cast naturally. So and that's, that's probably another big area. So um, if you're a DM and you want to help a party, uh, give them some additional bonuses or capabilities without breaking your world with, let's say, uh, so for instance, uh, in the campaign I'm running, um, travel is a hassle. You know, they have to overland. They don't have any quick way to do it. So a high-level magic user has given the, uh, the highest-level spellcaster a scroll of teleport, which is a fifth-level spell. You have to be ninth level. He's eighth level. So uh, we'll talk about later. He has. It's very likely to work, and it, it allows them to move the party quickly because they have a portable hole. They put all most of the characters in the portable hole. They take the the person. He he casts teleport, and they go over there, and they've shaved days off their travels, which they would not be able to do if this they didn't have this capability. So that's the uh, advantage of, of scrolls. But then the magic user has that challenge of their fourth level magic user. They find a scroll of fireball. They're in the dungeon. 
they a, a bad battle comes. You know, they, there's 20 orcs descending on the party, and there's let's say five adventurers, uh, or some version of this. And of course, everyone looks to the magic user and goes, "You need to cast fire. You need to use that fireball." And they go, "No, I'm not casting that fireball because if I use the scroll, I lose it." And they're going to go to fifth level, and they, they would have two third level spells. They would get one for coming fifth level and fireball. So you, you, that's when there's a lot of anger in the party. Yes, but. Aren't we ahead of ourselves? You don't have a scroll. You just found a cylinder. Oh. oh you just found a tube. I mean, you're assuming. Yes. You, right? Come on. Absolutely. Yeah, I, that, was from, yeah that was from last week. We went over this. We, we don't just, what are we, players now? You're exactly right, Dan. What, I love it. And you know, and I love it because the very first paragraph on scrolls, this so should what be page, a, What page are you on? In the I DMG? am in the DMGO on page 127. So, so set this up. Um, to Dan's credit, you know, you can't go to Scrolls or Us. You can't go to Scroll Emporium. You have to find them. Typically. Typically, you, you could find- try it. You could, you could, you know, it depends on the flavor of your campaign. Well, you might have a Scrolls or Us. First edition, that's mm-hmm. not. You, the you, Scroll Barn. The Scroll Barn, that's right. <laughs> you break it, you buy it. You own it. <laughs> you cast it, you buy it. That's right, that's right. You break it, you buy it. You cast it, you buy it. You, you burn the whole place down, you buy it. That's right. right. Um, but yeah, the, the, that's a great point. So again, back to our uh, adventure with Pixie and Glades, when they defeated Shargroth the dragon, I've named him three or four times, one of the things you would have potentially found in the chest is... Yes, a, a cylinder of right. some kind. What I love about this first paragraph, because you know the first paragraph on the scroll, it should be a happy paragraph, shouldn't mm-hmm. it? Scrolls right. are awesome, basically like we did. That was appropriate. Mm-hmm. But this is not Guy Gax's way. The first right. paragraph is basically how to make things difficult yeah. on your players, right? So scrolls will generally be found in cylinders, tubes of ivory, jade, leather, metal, or wood. You may, so it's discretionary, you may require that players read certain magic runes or writings inscribed on tombs, uh, on tubes in order to open the container in some cases. This enables you to have read magic or comprehend languages, spells taken and used, as well as giving the possibility for traps, symbols, explosive runes, and curses, along with a powerful scroll. Interesting. So now I noticed that he says along with a powerful scroll. So I don't know if he's suggesting you only do that for powerful scrolls. But so you're going to find a cylinder or a tube, and then you have the choice as a DM to make it difficult to open. Right? right. How often do you do that? I don't think I've ever done that, but I think it's a good idea. And it also lends itself to the read languages ability of the thief, which would allow him, later he's able to read magical scrolls. So it kind of lends itself why the thief, as they get higher level, have that ability, because they could find the cylinder that has a password on it or some cryptic writing that he'd be unable to open, like a magic box, but because he's a high level thief, he could figure that out and then open it and actually figure out what the treasure is. Oh, because I was just about to ask that about how comprehend languages would work there. I understand how read magic would work there. So comprehend. So if it, so is it if it's magical writing, can you use a comprehend language on it? Or I mean, obviously any writing on there that is going to enable it to be opened is magical, right? I mean, it's not a, it's not a, it's right. not a mechanism, right? So is comprehend languages would work with magical writing? Well, maybe you argue that you need both read magic and comprehend languages. You could say it's in a language, it's magical, but it's not a language you understand. Or is magic language universal, which is another interesting question. It does say, but I mean, the fact that it says comprehend language, I mean, Gygax seems to be suggesting, correct, that, right? Oh, comprehend languages, so that's the spell, right? Because it's in italics. Right. 
So comprehend, but but how would that be different from the thieving skill, mm. right? Because it's a question. It says yeah. It says or so it sounds like comprehend languages. I'm gonna look up. Oh, you're gonna look up comprehend languages I'll look in up the comprehend uh, DMG, really and I'll look it in the. Uh, because that's another first level spell that no one can. Besides push and mending, which again, push. Our, our dear friend uh, from down under uh, was an advocate of push. So thank you. And you know, when he sold me on it, right? I like, I, well, I like it. It doesn't take much to sell you on spells that are marginal utility. I know. I'm always looking to use the underused. The man- well, let's go ahead. No, I was just so the the descri- oh you're we're about the same place. I thought you're going to the thieving. Well, here it says. It will incom- incomprehensible written message such as a treasure map, but not magical writing, other than to know it's magic. What? That's what it says. So, I'm confused. Yes. Well, you're supposed to dispel confusion. I'm confused. Well, that's the reverse. Confused languages. Yes. That, because it says, or... What page is that on? This is on 127 of the DMG. 127. This enables you to have a read magic or a copy and language spells taken and used. Hmm. So that suggests that Gombrian language doesn't make any sense. Maybe someone can call the grog line That's or right. text the grog Four, line seven, or message the grog line, whatever the kids do nowadays. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it could happen. Snapchat we, us. No, don't do that. Don't we don't do have that. that. Hey, we don't we have that. We're not on Snapchat? No. Why not? We're, or Instagram, nothing like that. What? That's be a waste of your You're time. You're our IT guy. What's going on here? Well, it's a lot of work. Four seven six six seven seven nine. That's why. Explain to us why Comprehend Languages right. will enable you to open a scroll tube. Right. No, 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 it might be. It might be explaining how to open it, like open here. Oh. It could be written, it could be orcish for open here. Right. That would be the one thing. That would, that would, that would make sense. Like push here, only push Exactly, button below. Three. Yeah, which you would hope that if they were going to do, why would they put that on push, it? Push and turn. Push and turn, that's right. Keep child it away from kids, child safety. safety. I love it. No, that's good. <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's a reasonable answer for, for, for something we're stretching for, as opposed to the more likely scenario, which is the... Player's handbook was written. Whoa, well, no, whoa, whoa, where, are you, where are you going with this? Well, actually, the, no, I have to retract that because the play, this, the Dungeon Master guys came after the player's handbook. Right. So now I have nowhere to go with that. And then that, of course, if Comprehend Languages does work, then it raises the issue of does that mean thieves? Thieves could be opening scrolls with Comprehend Languages. You know, if it's, but you know, look, if it's, well, but it says comprehend languages. It says it's not magical. Right. So I'm wasting my breath. But not a magical writing. I already know it's magic. Yeah. Well, okay. you asked, your, more, your first question was even more pertinent, which is, have you ever done that? I don't recall <laughs> ever doing that. I think occasionally a dungeon will have a, a scroll case that's locked. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, you know, then I basically tell, ask the thief to do its, his pick locks. I allow him to do a pick locks thing to open it. Why would you... Put so look. I understand why I want to put a trap on my scroll case. So if you know the thief comes around, you know they're blown up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Why am I putting? Why am I putting a magical writing on it to keep it from being opened? Because someone's just going to take it. They're going to steal it. Right. What do I care if? What do I care if someone else uses it once it's been stolen? I only care if I can use it. Why would I? Why would I put that on there? You know, that is an interesting question. I guess the analogy is to prevent, um, maybe it's like a child safety lock. You're not preventing 
it's like a barbarian safety lock. It's not meant to prevent you know people who have time to do it. It's, it's to prevent that thing where the thief is fumbling through your stuff and trying to steal stuff. They can't use it against you right away, or the magic user can use it against you right away. All right, that makes sense. It's it's the same thing why people have safes in their houses. If they're not bolted to the ground and the thief has all day, or they take the safe with it, eventually they're going to open it, right? But, but oh, people still right. have. Oh, oh, you know. Oh no, you, you do. Okay, no, no. You know how you put like a you you put an alarm, uh, you put the little. Uh, you know, uh, little sign mm-hmm. in your yard right. saying I've got the alarm system. So maybe what you do, you know, it's got to be a deterrent. You know, I think you're right. You're onto something here. It's a deterrent effect. In front of the magic user's house, you have a little sign that said all scrolls right. are protected right. with magical, right? All right. are encased okay. with magical. All scrolls are cursed, are protected by cursed. curses. That's right. And I get a discount on my insurance, I think, don't I? Then, I think if you I do, do that. I think you do. The, the, the Wages Guild gives you a discount. <laughs> I don't think it's for just for the sign. I think you actually have to put in the security measure. <laughs> the sign is a smaller discount. Yeah, it's just like the fake cameras or whatever. Right. Like a fake wizard eye, that right. doesn't help you. The fake dog. Or the fake blink dog, that doesn't help you either. Right. You need to have a, a real blink dog. Blink dog in yard? Yeah, that would be good. I think, well, I'd like a blink dog in my yard. That's yeah. the only dog I want right now. But, wow, we're a Cerberus. All right, got to get moving. i got to get ready for this adventure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, it's, it's not too bad. You got plenty. You got plenty of time to jibber jabber. So I think that's a good idea, and 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 this is w- part of the reason why we're doing this podcast because a lot of this we forget, and some of this would be really cool. Because um, you you heard last time that the players just love to have to f- have multiple steps to get to that they want. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have read magic? Well, then you can't open the scroll. Well, when, that means they have to wait to go back to town. Oh, and then let's make it even worse. Then you open up the scroll. You need to read magic to read this. Right. You have to so double you need read to. You magic. need to. Right. Or do you need double read? How long does read magic last? Oh, very interesting. You got to be fast about it. That's a great I, question. I, I believe it would. Uh, oh, okay. That'd I, be terrible. I, I, I think it would last too. long enough to do that. That'd be terrible. Be like, can you imagine you're getting ready to go on the adventure? Okay. So what's so you have two first level spells. What are you taking to read magics? I'm yeah, happy with the magic. It's a couple user. rounds a level. So they they have a couple they have some time. Oh, that's interesting because I always assumed. I mean, like no one really pays much attention to read magic. I assume you just you use it to read a particular uh, writing inscription and it's done. Right. But but no, I guess yeah, you're right. Okay, so I can I'm just walking around able to read magic. Right. So I'm needing to move fast. Well, it's like the tech magic. You can you uh, you have, it's like you've been attuned to this capability. Yes. If that makes any sense. All right. What's the spell components on this? Is there a spell component? Yeah. Probably carp. You don't know? Probably carp. No. <laughs> a little carp. Clear crystal or mineral prism. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right. So, now, so, so I've opened, I find it's a scroll. Yes. And let me, do other people, so other people try to read it who can't read magic, either a magic user doesn't have to read magic or whoever, your fighter, all looks right, so, at it. So, this is the good What does point. it look like? You know, um, so it, what's the difference between a scroll and who can read a scroll versus a treasure map or a cursed scroll and these type of things? Mm-hmm. And, and um, the way I've read the rules, uh, magic users have a spell read magic. Clerics do not have a spell right. read magic. Illusionists, up until the book that will be renamed Remain Lameless, did not, there is no read illusionist magic until uh, the, the, the book that will be named, uh, never named, remain nameless. Right. So your, Dan's question is, they find the cylinder, they figure out a way to open it, either through a thief or they get the command word, and 
who should be the first person to look at the item. So if the magic user doesn't have read magic, they are not going to be able to, they will not figure it out regardless. It doesn't say anything to them. It's incomprehensible. So typically what a party will do, I don't know if it's a smart idea, is they will give the magic item first to a cleric. Because if it is a clerical scroll, for whatever reason, which doesn't make any sense either, but it is the way it is written, um, the clerical scrolls are able to read. Now, that's clerical scrolls, not juridic scrolls, which, again, if you look at the bottom of uh, uh, page, what was 127? What page are we on here? Oh, yeah, 127. Yeah, 127. It says the type of scroll that you have. Yep. So uh, they would not be able to read or understand a juridic scroll. So here's the scenario. You get this scroll. The cleric looks at it first because when you look at the percentages of scrolls, it's a 70-30 split between uh, magic user and cleric. The cleric should look at it first. If he, he or she doesn't see it, then they should hand it to the druid or, or the illusionist. And then they hand it back to the magic user and go, mm, I don't know what it is. You're going to have to learn read magic to get to figure it out. Now, can I ask you this? Because this is confusing to me. If you look at page 26 mm-hmm. on the player's handbook under illusionist, it talks about, it says, what can the magical items usable by an illusionist class character are enumerated below? Illusionist scrolls and magic user scrolls, which contain spells usable by illusionists. Yeah. But illusionists don't have read magic, right? That's right. Well, so, up until the book that rem- shall remain nameless. Yeah. Right. So I'm confused. So if illusionists, because it's a special illusionist script, right. as you noted. So. If it is a magic user, if it is a scroll with a spell that is usual by both illusionists and magic users, this says that illusionists can use the scroll. Mm-hmm. But how does an illusionist figure out what it is? Illusionists don't, I mean, do illusionists even have, well, I guess illusionists at a certain point can take magic user spells. Level, they, they can, they, their seventh level spell, they have a seventh level spell seventh called. Level. Cast first level. Oh, can't wait to get there. Yeah, that's right. I have magic missiles. That's right. I finally have some offensive uh, potency. I, I can push. I can at push. 14th level. I've been waiting. I'm I gonna, can push at 14. I level. can try to push as Modius. Well, and, into the. Well, again, at minus 14 to hit, that's pretty impressive. It'd be pretty. In, yeah. Can you see if his Modius was like standing right over like an ice bath? Right. Right. And the illusions finally get that. That, that push. I'm sure that's happened somewhere. I'm sure some <laughs> DM has said, "Oh, that sounds great. You, you pushed us. You push Asmodeus." Uh, into the ice bath and you killed him. <laughs> Somehow you've, you, well, you made a phantasm force of an illusion, even though he's a mutant. Of an ice bath. And you push him into that. He's like, oh, what's this? Why did this just appear? He In fails hell? His... How did this get Why? here? He fails his save. That's right. Right. Uh, wonderful. And Absolutely. It, that'd, that'd be great. So, okay, so you see where this is going. Yes. Quit stalling with this Asmodeus nonsense or whatever it is. Right. So, I what... have no answer for you. Yeah, because have, well, what's it written in? How I do have, I read that? I have that? my answer. What's your answer? Don't allow illusionists because they're garbage. Remember, I'm not a fan. I'm not a huge fan. Though I am improving. Gee, that. I w- gee, I, you know what? I'm going to stick a carry if you play today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure everyone picks no first, and you know it's going to be last one in no the bucket. No thief. Exactly. No illusionist fighter. Just make it even more interesting. I'd rather have that because <laughs> then I just run into battle. You would never I just wanted, wanted to play a gnome fighter. Why don't people play these things? You know what I mean? It would just be... Is there a fighter? It's unusual, right? I think right? you can do that as a You gnome. can, huh? You can gnome illusionist fighter? Is that a... Th- oh, no. I, that I, I think you can do that. I was just meaning a straight-up fighter. Well, like yeah. level six or something like that. I think you can do an illusionist fighter. 
I should know this, right? It doesn't sound like... I should become a gnome expert. No, it's just fire no? illusionist. And for, oh, illusionist thief or fire... Um, oh, yeah, fire illusionist. Fire okay. illusionist. Yeah, that's it. That's the, that's the hot ticket right there. Fire illusionist. Nothing says power like that. Yes. The gnome. So, all right, so... So I don't have an answer for it. You're exactly right. That is... Be, because it's also, if the language was universal, like the illusionist language, it's a it's a illusionist illusionary script, which seems to be universal, which allows illusionists to read them. The magic user script and way they cast, it's almost a unique permutation or their flavor of the recipe. That that's why they need to use read magic to to decipher the individual writing. So how do you square that? I don't know how you square that. Yeah, because that illusionist would not be. It's either an illu, It's either written in illusionist script. Right. Or magic user. They, they would have to wait till 14th level. Okay. They would learn read magic, and then they could read the magic and they could use those scrolls. That's what I would do. I think that's right. But you would have some scroll. But right. But obviously you can have scrolls written in illusionist script. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a second roll, right? So yes. yeah, first roll and a second roll. So, okay. I agree with that. I so like that. So if it's a magic user spell... Sorry, illusionist, you have to wait till 14th level so you could learn read magic, and then you could read those magic user spells. Then you could use those spells. So more bad news for illusionists. Right. Great. Right. More bad news. Okay. Well, they're super powerful now, so I, I don't feel as bad about that. Okay. Um, so uh, anything else on the cylinders and opening up this thing? Well, I, mean, well, I think it's open, right? Yeah, it's, it's open. And then, and then what does it talk about in the next paragraph? Okay, so, you know, each scroll is written its own magical cipher. So to understand what sort of scroll has been found, you have to use your read magic. We yep. know that. Uh, once it's read, then a read magic will not be needed to subsequently use it. So that's the good news is that you once turned you... turned your alarm off. You figured it out at some point. The phone? Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting there. Well, that's, think so. I was waiting for the whole, our whole bit of the grog line ringing is, is over. You killed that bit, but that's... That okay. alarm, yeah, I think I had to set it for like, you know, 4 a.m. this morning. <laughs> I had to reset it to get up. To yeah, you didn't actually turn it off, you just moved it to a different Yeah, time. it went off at 4 a.m. Nice, that's awesome. Yes, so, uh, so you don't need it twice. So once you use the read magic... Right. I'm very upset. Look, this book is magic user-centric. It is. Right? Everything they do, everything's discussed, you assume people are spellcasters or magic users as opposed right. to clerics or leaders, right. but whatever. There's not a lot of love for them. Not a lot of love. So, okay, so once you know what it is, now, <clears throat> I'm, we're going to get to the fading rule because I love the fading rule. Yes. But we're not, we're not there yet. Okay, yeah, not yeah. even a map will appear magical until the proper spell is used. Okay, explain that to me. What do you mean a map? I try, you mean it's like a magical map? I mean, what, what's yeah. going on there? I... I, I I don't understand how a map, because in other adventures they show that maps are normal. But you, if you made a It magic, has an X. I see it. It has an X on it. Right? Treasure's here. Here's the dragon. Here's the mountain. Right? Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. That, right. Okay. I'm thinking that if it had a magical, uh, basically incomprehend languages, that that's why you'd have to use it. Right. So a map. Okay. There'd be some kind of uh, encryption on it. It has BitLocker or Ye Mary encryption on it okay so but you can have a so you can have a cursed reading a scroll to find its contents doesn't invoke its magic unless it's a cursed one a cursed scroll does not it can appear to be a scroll of any sort it radiates no evil or special aura beyond the magic so when it's magical so that's the rough one that's where you find the scroll right. you open it up you cast read magic on it well you don't have to it says you can just if you start reading, if you try to comprehend it, the scroll should go up. Reading a scroll to find its contents does not evoke its magic unless it is a specially triggered curse. Oh, so you think, 
oh, reading a scroll, I see. So you're just saying, uh, I'm the fighter. I open this thing up, right. and I'm like... Yeah, that's why the cleric gets the screw job, because he's he or she is the only one who can read it. Has the Okay, if you take the sample set of all paper documents that you're going to get, assuming most of them are... And you determine it is magical, right? You somehow cast a detect magic. You find the magical cylinder. You, so now you feel it's a magical scroll. Of them, 30% based on rolling is clerical, which means you can read them and figure it out. So you give it to the, because the magic right. user doesn't have read magic. But only the cleric. Yeah. Only the cleric has a chance to read it, and then, then you would know it's magic scrolls if you can't. If he or she does that, and it's cursed, no matter, even if it was a magic, it's, they, they will get the so, curse on. So the poor cleric. So you give it to the cleric. Right. The poor cleric will get cursed. Who has the, the cure and everything else, you, they get blasted. So yeah. Right, so the cleric's out. Which so, is another reason why the thief needs to learn read, lang- comprehend language and read magic scrolls so they can do that and get killed. Because right. that's what the illusion is. No, no, illusion is thief. Absolutely. Gone. Okay, so assuming that you've opened the cylinder, yep. you've unfurled the scroll, yep. you then are going, you're, it's examining the scroll. Cleric's going to examine it first. Right. Oh, and because if it's a clerical scroll, they'd be able to read it. Right. They're like, I can't read it. We now know it must be. Well, wait. Can they read a druid? So, what about a druid? Would they? They cannot read that. So that's. So, so they you, still don't know. So if you have all four of the main spellcasters: magic user, uh, cleric, illusionist, druid. Based on the probability of scroll distribution, which you see at the bottom of the page, if you wanted to determine what it is, you'd, the, the, you'd start with the cleric. The cleric go, mm, "That's not it." Then, if you look here, the percentage chance for druid versus. Uh, 25% of all cleric scrolls would be um, druidical, 10% of all magic users. So you're basically saying 25%, 7.5, and 7% of, illu- 7% of all scrolls would be illusionist, 7.5% of all scrolls would be druidical, based on this you're chart. You're good. Yeah, roughly. Right. So it's basically the cleric looks at it first. Goes, mm. then he, he sees the druid and the illusion says, okay, you guys look it over, it doesn't matter, it's, the probability is the same. If they all can't see it and it's magical, it's either a treasure map that's been encrypted, which needs read magic, or it's a magic user spell, which needs read magic. So here you go, magic user, you need to go read oh, magic. Oh, so, wait, so like, when you hand it to the magic user, what do you say? So the cleric can't read it. Let's just say you have a cleric and a magic user, you don't yeah. have a subclass. And the cleric can't read it and hands it over to the magic user. Mm-hmm. And the magic user is just going to peruse it, is not going to cast read magic well, on it. it. What is the, the magic? He's it, not doing anything. He's just putting it in his backpack. So you don't tell. So you don't, because a lot of times what players will say is, well, do I get a sense that it, does it look magic usery? Nope. You know, you're like. It's incomprehensible. Incomprehensible. You have no idea. Got right. it. I think that, that makes sense to me. Right. All right. And then there's a big, ah, oh, it's too bad. It's sad. And then they put it away and they have to remember later to get home. Right. That's part of the downtime thing, or when they get back to the adventure. The problem is, of course, this is, again, if you've written a module, Dungeon Masters, if you've written a module, you have a scroll of something that's a key to help with the adventure, unless it's a scroll that they know, or a spell that they've gotten from someone they know, or they made it themselves, they would not be able to read until read magic. So you could have this scenario, as Dan was saying, you have a magic scroll with magic writing, they're in the dungeon. He, the dungeon. The magic user hasn't cast, prepared, read magic. They can't read the scroll. Right. And they're not going to stop. Most players are not going to sit here and go, ah, we'll just keep going. Well, I'm not going to burn one of my magic missiles and learn read magic. We're not going to do that. We're just going to keep going. So do not put that in your adventure unless you're prepared. Put it in plain English, whatever you want. Right. Or plain common, excuse me, uh, whatever it is. So these are some of the mechanics that we sometimes hand wave, but, you know, as... 
rules is written, that's how it would be. Shall we turn the page on this subject? Well, no, you didn't talk about the fading. Oh, you're right. Which, which you, you, I love I, this painting. I listed. I listened to our podcast last week, which I thought was exceptional. The passing of the pearl and some other things. I mean, they're legendary. <laughs> when when we look back to thirty years from now, and and we talk about how pearls can be passed and collected by apprentices, that's going to be a highlight of our career. Here. But you are right. Really, one of the flaws is. I mean, you are right that you do need so many people because it's so time consuming, exhausting. Yeah. You really do need like a whole army. Right. Okay. Cast of thousands. So you had said, and and, and this is where, unfortunately, this uh, Dan, who has been my friend now for a couple of years, he was enthusiastic of first edition. The the nostalgia, the thing of this is this is almost a holy works of the. You know, this is a trinity of works, right. and it's right. very concise, and it's just it it, it, it it may be inscrutable, and sometimes, but it's only because we haven't put the effort to try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so, whatever last vestiges of that Dan came out last week, because well, there's got to be. I'd like to think he, I'm paraphrasing. I'd like to think there's some rationale behind this. There's a reason, you know, why this is so convoluted. Well, and. But basically, this you're going to read what the rationale is, which is go ahead. What the rationale be having making magic items and their identification so difficult? Go ahead. Okay, so the fading one, right? Yes. So scrolls not read to determine contents immediately. Yeah, because this is now everything we just talked about. Like what you said is just happening. Right. Is now it's it's going to be problematic. Scrolls not read to determine contents immediately are from five percent to thirty percent likely to fade. It is your option to set the percentage. Or use a die six to randomly determine it for each scroll. Number one, I don't understand why you would randomly determine five to thirty percent. I don't know why you don't just give a. It's weird to have two rolls. You roll for the percentage, then you roll the percentage. Why don't you just have one so number? So the only way to read that and be honest is that the whole purpose of all these rules is to make sure cursed items have an opportunity to, to work in your world. That's the. That's the only reason you make identify painful. It's the only reason you make scroll fading because you want them to, when they get the item, they have to do something with it right away and they get the effects of the cursed item. So that's the only reason. So, all right. So now let's amend Which our means discussion. Which he's a troll job. It's a complete, there is no rationale. It is basically, that's the style of play that is, we're sitting around the table Every, you know, you got the cool whatever, and everyone's like, oh, he got, yeah, it makes sense. The magic should get the scroll. Oh, he's teleported 800 miles away. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Then wasn't that a great game? That's the, that's the only thing that makes sense. Oh, because that's what it has. So if it's a teleport, oh, wait, yeah. why would so, you be teleported? Well, because they're cursed scrolls. When you go oh, I see. Scrolls, yeah, you, the, minute you, the minute you start to... Uh... Yeah, so when you go back on scrolls uh, in page 121... Yep, 121. It tells you how the cursed scrolls work. Oh. See, so you you look and it says, it is incumbent upon the dungeon master to do his utmost to convince players <laughs> that a cursed scroll should be real. This can be accomplished through duplicity, coercion, or threat. So going back to whatever last vestiges of, well, there must be a reason. Yes, the reason is to make bad things happen to your players. Any scroll not read has a chance of fading in normal air. But this can be noted by, by the archaic wording, if read. Yeah, I, I was just reading still it. the dungeon. Can we talk about that? Because I was yeah. just reading about that. Because I think what it's saying, because I was wondering what makes a scroll fade, right? And so assuming you take it out of the cylinder. Yep. And the first thing is, well, it is the 
it's the air that does normal air. Any scroll not read has a chance of fading in normal air. So it's almost like it's got to be what hermetically is that the right word? Yeah. sealed, yeah. like with the wax you seal with the wax. Right. Yeah. And so the minute you open it up, you know, it's it's like um, I don't know. It's like you know, opening up any can of food or something, right? Yeah. It's going to start. It's, it's like flowers. Have an expiration date. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the minute you open it up, but I think what Gygax was saying here is, well, people are going to say, oh, wait, this is not. You know, we're in a dungeon. The air is. It's going to be slower, and so he seems to be recognizing that and saying, well, this can be noted by the archaic wording if read in the still dungeon atmosphere. So is that the fact that you have archaic wording and it's a still dungeon atmosphere means it's still going to fade? Yeah, any Any? scroll not read has a chance of fading in normal air, but this can be noted by the archaic wording if read in the still dungeon atmosphere. So, I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter what that means. It's it's going to fade. He's making it clear, even in a dungeon atmosphere, it's going to fade. If you open it. If you open it. Well, this is the example that he's using to threaten people to have oh. to do it. Well, so this, is this, so this can be accomplished through dismissive coercion or threat, i.e., any scroll not read as chance fade normal error, but this can be noted. So, in other words, is this to how you tell the players this? Right. But this can be noted by the archaic wording. If read in the still dungeon, I don't understand that clause very well. Is this like a warning? Is it right. the archaic wording telling you it's going to fade? No. I Is think, he saying it's going to fade? The archaic wording will fade in I think still if you dungeon open, air. Your, I think the only rationale, well, not the only, my interpretation of that is you have broken the seal, right? Because you you're going to hear a noise. You hear that noise? You're like the pickle jar yeah, right. opening. You pop it open, and if you decide not right then and there to read it, you have that. You've, you've allowed the air to fade. It's like an ancient, uh, you know, thing from a tomb. The ultraviolet lights are going to start destroying it and everything else. You must take action. So, so It's, again, a troll job to make you read the scroll. Yeah, but you know what? If you think about it, that makes sense. And let me tell you why. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Because, you know, let's think about how scrolls are prepared and why. They're prepared by, I assume they're prepared by magic users... I assume to sell. Is that right? I mean, would they be sold? If you're a magic user, oh, you know the on. spell. Someone just tried to call the grog line. Would you have your phone? Oh, you had it on silent? You mean uh, this finally happened and you had it on silent? It went right to voicemail? <laughs> hey, this is the grog line. We're not, we're busy. We're not available right now. That's uh, hilarious. Please leave a message. Oh, we're with another customer. That's right. We're not available right now. <laughs> you totally All right. blew, you blew it. Our one chance. Uh, that's, here we go. We'll call him back. Maybe it was Eric Bentley, who, who was the prior owner of my Fiend Folia. I have his number, but Do I don't you? have an area code. All right. Well, we're it, was the, it was the era before. See, when you're young, you don't think you need an area code because gonna you're going to lose it locally. You know, I have one bar in my own house. What does that say? Thank you. Carrier. Did I mention who your carrier is? This is a compelling podcast. Right? This is John. Hey, John. Welcome to Grog Talk. How are you? Boys, I actually finally get through. You did, yes. You were, you were, uh, the operators were busy. I'm sorry. Yeah. We apologize. You mean you've been trying? I'm very... I, thought it was that, I thought it was that snooty producer of yours again with all those screener questions that, you know, she keeps blocking me and all. Oh, uh, yeah. It's she's. Show. Yeah, Nicholas is like that. So, how are you? We are. Wait, this isn't John from our group, is it? Oh, I, I would say it is. 
This is John. This is you, John. This is, I thought all excited. This is a long time fan of, of, um, of the Grog Show. Yes. And you know, sometimes I host listening parties and everything like that. <laughs> See? I finally got at the nerve. They all, they all pressured me to, um, to call the line. And I finally got through. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. How, how have you been, John? I'm fine. So, we're talking about scrolls. 11 o'clock this morning. Yep. And, you play, and James, you played last night, and you're playing again tonight. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. That's a good, that's you know that's a that's a that's a long weekend of D and D. The spouse is away. The 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 uh, other spouse will play, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm, pl- I'm probably going to play with Dan, and then I'm coming to your game, which I'm looking forward to. I missed last time, and uh, you and and I have to bring the battle map, which we're having. So scrolls, we're talking about scrolls. What's your thoughts on scrolls since you've called the line? Okay. You guys, since you guys have all the all the all the details, and you know my DM style, I'm a purist. I like to do things strict by the book and that kind of thing. Um, I was I was listening. scrolls for different classes like magic users. Let's do magic user and I just heard one of you say something about like druids can't read cleric scrolls. Is that you, James, that said that? That's correct. That was James. Oh, okay. Now, what about magic users and illusionists? Because this came up in our game not too long ago. Oh. Can illusionists read magic user scrolls if they if the spell is the same? Well, that's that's what we were just talking about, uh, John. So thank you. So to recap, um, it, in the player's handbook, it says the illusionist scrolls and magic user scrolls, which contain. Yeah, it's uh, page 26. Illusionist, can, illusionist scrolls and magic user scrolls which contain spells use, usable by illusionists. That's one of the, right. the items that can be used by illusionists. And it talks about illusionist scrolls having a kind of a common illusionary script that is consistent, which also makes sense, which is why they don't have read illusionist magic up until uh, the book that will be na- named uh, from 1985. So... The challenge is magic user scrolls require read magic. Illusionists do not have read magic. And if it was in a common script, that doesn't make any sense because it talks about basically each magic user has to learn their version of that. So what we decided, now whether you want to do this in your campaign, is that a 14th level magic user can learn first level magic user spells. They can take one of, as one of their 7th level spells they can cast a first level magic user spell. So for me, they have to be a 14th level magic user. They have to learn magic user read magic, and then they can read a magic user spell, which a scroll, which then allows them to cast an illusionist scroll. There you go. If that's not first edition, I don't know what is. That's what we came up with. Hold on, let me go. Let me, let me go to can, that. Can our fans hear this? Hang on. Yeah, they can hear it. They can hear him, you think? Yes, they can. Oh. They can yeah. hear that. But let I'll, me see. Um, I'll put it closer. No. Is read is read mag is read magic. Let me look. I'm opening up the spell book right now. Is read magic. You have a spell book? Awesome. Part of that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, very authentic. Where is that? Oh, here it is. Read mag. You see, this is. Oh, there it is. Yep. Okay. So it's it's specifically listed on page 100. Um, That's right. Read magic. So, Correct. Yeah. That, I guess after you untangle all that and. Uh, Go through that. I think that does sound like the most. That, that does sound like the answer. It's horrible. The illusionist. Yeah, the illusionist have to take read magic as a fourteenth level illusionist, and then he could go back and um, use read magic on magic user scrolls that he finds. Right, 
At least that is that's not happening until 14. as much of the book. Or the illusionist could get and scroll from a 14th level illusionist, which is the 7th level spell, 1st level magic user, which would be could be read magic, written in illusionist spell that they could cast with an opportunity of spell fairy, which you haven't gotten to yet, and they could do it that way. That would be the other chance. So uh, you, you understand that, our that logic. That would be just a one... Right, that would just... And that's interesting what you just said, but that would, they wouldn't be able to scribe read magic at 1st level or whatever if a 14th level... Illusionist gave them a, a, a scroll for that, though. Correct. That would just be a one shot thing, though, wouldn't it? That, that's right. Yep. Okay. So, All right. Yeah, because my illusionist in Dan's campaign found, you know, some magic user scrolls with, with that had, had the same, you know, same spells as illusionists get. And uh, we were trying to figure out can my illusionist scribe these? Can she cast them? But I guess the answer is no. All right. If they have, well, if, if we're using the logic that, um, they are incomprehensible to any other class, regardless, and that read magic is the only way to read them, and illusionists do not have that access to it, and that, because, again, if it was in a common script, then the magic user should be able to read it. So that's how I would rule that. Or just ban illusionists. Right. <laughs> you guys like illusionists, so I think we'll keep them. Well, John, thank you for that. I yeah, I like that. I appreciate that. Well, I look, no forward to, I look forward to tonight's game. And uh, is there anything else I need to bring besides the battle mat or anything else that I can help you with? Um, no, that, sh that should be it. All right. Well, and, um, yeah. well, we'll, we'll conclude the adventure, that, that adventure tonight. Excellent. Excellent. Well, like I said, I appreciate the call, and uh, that was a great question, and we, we love to hear you. And I'll, wait a minute. I'll, wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I thought I, I thought I was supposed to get a prize or something like that. Well, you are we, no that that unfortunately last week we had a texter from Australia who was the first one to come in. But with that said, uh, you will be our domestic uh, prize winner. Yes, you will win a prize as well. So I will pick out. Wait a minute, you, they, they could get a prize just for texting. I knew that was coming. See, that's why that's why you you said that really fast and just kept moving on quickly, <laughs> hoping he wouldn't pick up on that. He texted multiple times last week. It wasn't just one. It was it was as in depth. Conversation. But that doesn't change that it was a text, that it was multiple, the fact that it was multiple times. Why am I hurting our cause? We are on the same team, aren't right. we? Well, I think the reason you're not on my side is because I'm giving away my That's stuff. That's right. What so. do I care? Right. You know, John, as, as, a, as a loyal listener and a friend of both uh, Grog Talk and the Grognards Guild, um, we will waive that, and we we will be we will stick to the spirit of it, which is the first caller. So you will win a prize as well. But, absolutely. But, but you know what's interesting about okay. it? You know you're what, is the, what is it? One of the prizes? Um, something gets to be named after one of my characters, or something like that. I remember hearing something like that. What was that all about? Well, you know what? You can uh, we can talk about that, and you, we will come up with some ideas, and you, you get to pick what that idea is. If that's what you if that's what you'd like, whether you want your because we're writing a module for GrogCon, maybe you want one of your characters named that. We can do we can have a number of options. So you think about it. you. You don't have right, to claim your prize right now. Let's make just. Let's make Jezebel famous. Let's make her. I have a good. Let's put her name in lights. Okay. I have a good idea. I think it's a good idea anyway. We could have something called Jezebel's Corner, and it would be just like a two-minute discussion of illusionists. Oh, okay. There you go. What do you think, Jezebel's Corner? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, but that's <laughs> less than enthusiastic. Yeah, that can't be a weekly thing. That's, Why not? If it's like a minute, it'd be two minutes of silence. We we'll go through then. each spell. Of, you said what was good about illusionists or or bad? Oh, okay. That's what it's about. Jezebel's corner. All right. And now Jezebel's corner. 
All right. Well, you, you decide that, John. I'll, I'll let you kind of think about that. We'll either put Jezebel in one of our modules because I think you may have heard in previous podcasts that uh, Dan's his his name is infam- is famous because you were in one of the in one of the modules, right? I don't know if I made it in print. I was it was my name was used right. during the adventure well, as an we, NPC. Yeah, we would actually put uh, we would put Jezebel's uh, character as an NPC. Well, you know what the problem with Jezebel's corner is. Nobody puts Jezebel in a corner. That's right. No one puts Jezebel in the corner. Exactly. Well, sir, sir, enjoy your coffee. I'll, I will. Uh, we we we've got to finish up here on the uh, thing. But we would love to have you a host. I know it's a little early, so we, we may have to do like an evening, uh, an evening yeah. grog grog yeah, talk. I'm, talk I'm, under, not a, I'm not a morning person. I'm definitely a night owl. Grog talk under dark. I'm telling myself I need to I need to you know call in one of these mornings and. I was like, oh, wait a minute, it's Saturday. I think these guys, the guys are doing the, the show. So uh, absolutely. I on YouTube and I saw you were live and called that infamous grog line. Yeah, and then it went right. So many people were calling that it slammed our and line. And it went right, yeah, yeah. I, I called in and, <laughs> you know, then I got screened. I got screened out. <laughs> so, yeah. like, well, okay, we'll fall for the course. Well, that's, that is, we've got to work on our customer service. I will have a team meeting after that and talk to my st- production staff. So, yeah. Don, have a great morning. Your, your fans demand it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you use plural. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later. We'll see you tonight. All right. Bye. Bye. See ya. All right. So we got, I got, I am bankrupt. I'm going to be bankrupt here. I got gifts I got to work on. So, so I know why I, okay. The fading rule. Yes. Okay. So look, if I'm a magic user, why am I writing a scroll? To have additional scroll, additional capabilities wherever I am. Don't I, but to write the scroll, I do, I need to be able to cast the spell. Yes. So I, it's in my spell. Oh, so it's like a traveling. It's like a little travel pack. No, it's too. So I don't have to carry my. So and a perfect example would be um, you're a fifth level. Uh, well, you have to be. Well, we have to decide what level uh, spellcaster you can be to do this. We need to get going. We're not going to do artifacts. We're already at nine eleven, and we're still. Right. We haven't even. We haven't. I, obviously, there's a lot more to scroll. I'm a seventh level magic user. I can. That means I can cast four, three, two, one, four first level spells, three second, two uh, third, one fourth. Uh, so two spells. Let's say, and let's say I have my spell book. I have fireball, lightning bolt, and haste. Well, I could either only memorize two of them, or I could write a scroll of that. And now I carry three around. Or I could have, or if I have, if I have a great nice DM, and let's say we have a month off. Well, I spend that whole month writing fireball scrolls, which basically it's a day per level, if I remember correctly, in in, in fabrication. So I could have seven scrolls of fireball, or one scroll with seven fireball scrolls on it. So now when I'm walking around the dungeon, I have. Extra firepower. That's okay, got it. So then if you think about that, in some respects, it would make sense. Some of these rules, like the fading rule, makes sense. So if you're, you're writing the spell, the scroll, for you to use, and you know when you're going to write, perhaps. So you would, I guess, if you write, do you need read magic for your own scroll? No. Okay. So... Well, that's the way I read it. I'm, I'm yes, you do not for your own writing. So you, you don't care about the fading rule because you're going to open up that scroll when you need to. You know what's in there. You right. wrote it. Right. it you know, you've written Fireball yep. and a Sharpie on it. And so you know that you're going to use it immediately when you open it. So doesn't that sort of make sense? I mean, people no. don't just lay scrolls around like Easter eggs. Yep. Like, oh, let me litter this dungeon with scrolls. How does the scroll even get there, right? Somebody was being chased by the ogre, and it pops out of the backpack and goes rolling into a corner. Yeah. Right? And so it makes sense that it would fade. 
And so players need to realize that scrolls are not there as Easter eggs to be found. They happen to be there because somebody brought it into the dungeon to use it, and there it lays. Yeah, I, 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 no, I don't think. I think it makes sense as far as if it's an ancient scroll that has deteriorated, like it's from the Egyptian time period, and by having the air, the modern air hit it, that it could fade. That sort of kind of makes sense. Um, but then why is reading it then preserving the, the, the magic incantation? So I, I, I warranted what you said makes sense if it's going to fade regardless. But if I've read it now, like, oh, it's a scroll of Cure Light Wounds, why is now by me reading it preserve it? It's, it almost, if you're going to say that, then basically opening it, it's, it's, it needs the uh, uh, human intervention by rereading it to allow it to maintain. That's... Like, like somehow the scroll is bound to the person who wrote it and they've been dead for so long, but somehow this magical scroll keeps it hermetically sealed and it opens it starts fading it. And then the new person, once they've read it, it breathes back life. I don't know. It seems kind of, it seems really I agree. Back. I agree with that. I mean, the, th- the fading rule makes sense if it's consistent, whether you read it or not. If you open it, you know, it has a born on date. You, you have to use a scroll within two weeks of fi- opening the script. That would make perfect sense because it will fade over time, it's like opening, you know, buying a gallon of milk. As soon as you buy it, you have you whatever two weeks to use it. I agree. That doesn't make a lot of sense that you read it and now it doesn't fade. Right. Why that part that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. But that's what that's why most people ignore that because I'm not. It's not difficult to get a a um, magic user or someone to u- read the skull. They're all going to read it. I, the cursing. I don't think people, for the most part, have stopped. Uh, from that, but if you do read a cursed scroll on page one twenty one, here's what things that can happen to you, which you would think uh, I'm not sure the players really know the, the effects. So you have a uh, table on one twenty one, you get polymorph into a level equal which of any creature nearby, mm-hmm. or which attacks any creature nearby. That's hilarious. Or you get turned into liquid and drain away. Oh, that's hilarious. That's a good one. So That's this how was, I want to go. Right. Reader and all within 20-foot radius are transported 2 to 1,200 miles in a random direction. So that's an exciting one, right? You find, you, you, you're right, running a production. You're running a, uh, a, a, a dungeon or, excuse me, adventure out of dragon. It has a curse scroll. I don't know what it does. And you just like, oh, it's a curse scroll. They read it. You roll it. And now you have to figure out the new adventure because now they've, tra- they've traveled 600 miles away. So all those... Um, Advice we gave you, start with a small town somewhere. Congratulations, DM. Now you have to figure out what your party's going to do when they switch. If you're an experienced DM, that works great. If you're not, so sad, too bad. Um, even better, you, reader, and all within 20-foot race, transport to another planet, plane, or continuum. Mm. <laughs> Disease that fatal. great. In an hour. Explosive ruins. Magic item nearby is demagnetized. Okay. Or randomly rolled spell effect reader as 12th level of magic user. Those are great. Right. These are examples. You could come up with your own. But But why would you want to? Right. Those are perfect. (laughs) Those can't be improved upon. Right. So, again, the point is, haha, a lot of fun. Shenanigans. (laughs) Sorry. You greedy magic user. You read it. And now... So the poor cleric is drained away. Your only healing is, is now dripping into the bucket. So wait, so what do you do? How do you avoid a cursed scroll? You can't. That's, that's your, read above. You must 
should this is to be accomplished through duplicity, coercion, and threat. It is incumbent on DM to make his utmost to convince players that a cursed scroll. They're going to read it at some point. Right. Right. Well, this goes back to uh, Saul from Passing Pearl. Here's a scroll. Figure out oh, what it boy. is. Oh, boy. Yeah. Now I'm you know why. Oh, my gosh. 500 gold pieces is not enough. Wow. That's right. Identify on a scroll has got to be even higher. Without right. question. Or, or read magic. Ooh, I don't know what this is, Matt, because, you know, if, if you're a smart party, you'd be like, ooh, we don't have a magic user. Saul, while you're identifying losing eight points of constitution. Oh, right. This, so it's not identified to read magic. Oh, right. Yeah. He also does read magic, of right. course. Right. Here, tell us what this is. And then he hands you a scroll. Yeah. Oh, we'll be back. Oh, hold on. You take the tape measure out and make sure you're 20 feet away from him. when. You're yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's a lot of money I'm charging you. Right. A lot. And... But then, of course, you always have the situation that it could be a very powerful spell. And he goes, oh, it's a spell of magic missile. I'll give you 50 gold pieces when it's actually a spell of wish. So it was like the average length of time of magic users that are doing this, kind of like the average lifespan of, what, like a World War One pilot right, or something? Uh, World like two War II weeks, tail or something. Or something yeah, yeah, two weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Not, not too long. Well, you know, that, that, that's a lesson to you magic users out there. Do not be the... Do not be a, See student in magic user school. Yeah, you want to be the one handing the scroll over to the guy to read magic. <laughs> you want to be the wizard who hands over to Saul the, <laughs> the prestidigitator. <laughs> right, that's right. Um, all right, we better talk about spell levels of scrolls because right. this is confusing. Well, right? so, and again, scrolls can be one spell, two spells, up to seven spells. And then there are protection scrolls. There are scrolls that everyone can read, which, which again, we kind of went over quickly, which are protection scrolls. So we talk right. about curse scrolls, which in theory anyone could read. That, um, but again, why would you hand a scroll to anyone? Now, again, some some fighters feel like they want to read it because they know that protection scrolls are usable by any any person. So protection scrolls examples are protection. So well, let me just ask you a quick. You, sure. So you believe that a curse scroll read, can be read by anybody? Correct. So you don't think it's like it's so right? So it's not written in a magic. It's just a curse. So you don't need to cast a. What do you cast to read magic on it? No. You just pick it. Because the idea, the way I perceive it as, it's just like this book. If this book was in, it's, it's in English, but I couldn't read it. Yeah. As soon as I look at the symbols, it charges. It wow. discharges. Wow. Even though I have no idea what it is. As soon as I open the page, even though I'm viewing the symbols, it, the, magic, the, the, the yeah. magic is triggered because of a human mm-hmm. reading it. That's, okay. the, that's what I read it as. It's incomprehensible death. Okay. Sounds good to me. Uh, inco- that's a great thing. Incomprehensible. Death. I saw them. They, they, they yeah, no. Uh, who did they, they open up for? Venom yeah. or um, Death? I, I think it was Destruction. Huh. I saw them. I think in uh, Berlin. I think in eighty two. I think. Yeah. They were a, a Swedish that's, band. That's a, yeah. They are Swedish. Yeah. Are they part of the uh, Swedish death metal or American death metal transport over there or New Core? I'm not sure which. Which. which yes. That's a, yes, exactly. correct. Come on, that should be incompre- incomprehensible death. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's I like the re- I, I like that I like the early I like that segment incomprehensible death because that would be good for that should be that could be right after Jezebel's corner. <laughs> Jezebel's corner. <laughs> That'd be incomprehensible. incomprehensible. Ways to I, die. Why did I die? <laughs> why did I die? Dan, why did you kill Jezebel? Did Jezebel die? No, no, no Jezebel she's, retired. Oh, she's, she's an NPC retired. in she, your adventure. That's right. She retired. She's, is it crystal ball? That's right. She's doing great. Mm-hmm. She's having a good time. That's okay. True. I'm sorry. Yeah. God, we're segueing. Okay. So what, what's the next thing? We're Level doing? of spells. So spells are written oh, at see. different levels. Right. So right? here's some, I don't say controversy. So you have 
on page 129, spell level of scrolls, which talks about it. All scroll spells are assumed to be written at to make it easy and quick as possible for the writer. Thus, the level of spell, its characteristics, respect to range, duration, area effect, where level is a factor is typically but one level higher than that is required to actually use the spell, but never below six level of experience. Thus, a, a six level magic user is spells written at 13th level of ability, 7th level, 15th, etc. A scroll fireball lightning bolt spell is of six dice. Okay? Well, can we explain how this would work then? So, like, let's say that it is a level with start easy. Right. It is a read magic. Read magic. So, which would be funny because you use a read magic to learn it's a read magic. Right. So, that is a level one spell. Right. So, a magic user can cast that at level one. one. That's right. So, that means it is written at what level? Is right. it one level higher than required to actually use it? So, that would mean it, it would generally be written. I mean, I know this only matters, Well, it of says never below six level of experience. Right. So it would be, with the plus one, it would be two, but it gets bumped up to six. six. And, of course, this only matters, I assume, for spells where level matters, right? right. That the duration or the range and is adjusted. And most spells have some level component. Okay. So because the duration typically is level dependent. So if it's a third level spell, you would look at what level, you probably know this because you know these tables pretty well. What level spell cast? It would be fifth level. So then it would be plus one. Six. And that meets which it. Is the minimum. Which is the minimum. So it really only becomes an issue then for, at least for magic users, at fourth level, but spells at fourth level? Right. Well, fourth level, then you, you become a seventh, you have to be a seventh level magic user, which means in theory, you, you, if you don't, the idea is you, you get a scroll from a prepackaged module. It says it has a, a cone of um, ice storm. Ice storm is a fourth level spell. Mm -hmm. You don't know what uh, what uh, um, level it's cast at. You, as the dungeon master, can say it's casted at eighth level as on an average. Okay. But if you know your magic user wrote it, well, then it's written at the level of the person who did it. They, they're not going to adjust it. It's written at the level that they wrote. Because oh. But where does it say? Is that true? Oh, I, oh, there's a whole thing on creating spell on scrolls, right? right? Is that where that is? Because yes. that's not in the spell level of scroll spells, right? It says it's typically no, one level higher than required to actually. So you you read that as just sort of a default, right? Well, this, all scroll spells are assumed to be written as to be easy and quick as quick as possible for the writer. Well, if the writer is that, they would they would not. Be, we don't. You don't have the ability to power. Well, there's no rule to say I want to cast this. Magic user, magic missile spell as a first level magic user. You cast it as the level that you are. There is no throttling down, so you would right. you, you would write it as the level that you're at. Okay, so you so you see this as just and, and you said that because there is a discussion about manufacturing. Yeah, of, that's, we're going to get to that next. That's right, the on, manufacturing. Oh, one seventeen and one eighteen. Yeah, one seventeen. What? But the because here this is I th I read this in the context of you have randomly rolled for treasure. And you rolled up a scroll of three spells. Mm -hmm. You figure out the level of the spell. It's a third level spell. What level was it cast at? That's what this paragraph is about. This is not about. Um, this is not about the, the person creating their own spells. Okay, this says scrolls may be inscribed on one seventeen. You're getting this to the next part. Go Only ahead. by characters of well, seventh level. There you go. That's what. But I this was, says that, that you you stole you stole my thunder, Dan. Yeah, we'll probably have to do another seminar. So, okay, so that's the initial. So there's yes. initial con. Oh, and then shall we bring in the player's handbook? Yes. The player's handbook says that um, in general, scroll spells will be twelfth level as regards to range and duration. So we've got a twelfth, right? A seven, a six. That's right. But in in order of precedence, right? The player's handbook was first. 
So we throw that out. So th- it's this would be more canonical because it's later. Right. Right. Uh, it says seventh and sixth, and also it talks about specifically fireball and magic and lightning bolts. So you have a couple of options here. You can ignore this. You can ignore the seventh level. Scrolls may inscribe only by characters of seventh or higher level. All right. Or uh, you can accept that and say only uh, the only exception is fireball and lightning bolt or six hit dice. That's the only exception. Oh, right. Okay. All right. So that's. That seems to me a reasonable way to... Or the, or the third option is you can just say, yeah, you know what, uh, only magic use can do 6th level. The rest of them could be 7th level. You could read this on page 117. Scrolls may be scribed by character 7th level, but except for magic users, because we, we say it separately. But that's different. Okay. Okay. Is there anything else in the manufacturer scrolls that's particularly relevant to using... Scrolls. Well, the thing is, it's very complicated. If you're going to do it the right way, because again, you, so let's say you've decided in your campaign, you're, you're going to allow six-level magic user spell, uh, six-level magic users to inscribe fireball and lightning bolt based on this page, on page one, uh, right, no, I'm yeah, sorry, 127. page 120, 128. Because it says, well, it's six hit dice. Right, which doesn't, right, which is confusing. A scroll fire by your is of six dice in most cases. Right. So you allow that. So then they come to you and go, oh, great, I want to write it. Well, then you, you would then have to go, okay, great, you have to go to page 117. You must, we must come up with a recipe for your ink. You must go get the components for it. So they give an example of a, a petrification uh, spell. It needs a giant squid sepa, basilic eye, three cockatrice fa- feathers, some venom, blah, 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 holy water, pumpkin seeds, and, and it talks about how it must be produced in the midnight, blah, blah, blah. And again, if you have players who are interested in this, this is great. It's a lot of flavor. It makes them feel like magic users. If you have players like most like mine, they roll their eyes and they go, you've got to be kidding. Just tell me how many days it's going to take, how much it's going to cost. Right, right, right. So this, again, is an area that um, you have to... The, the key thing is... Preparation requires one full day of each level of the spell being scribed. So if you have a magic user who wants to do it, it's going to cost a lot of money, um, certainly hundreds of gold pieces, and it's going to take one day per level of the spell. So if they're making a scroll of seven spells, each of third level, that would take 21 days to, to do. Okay. And, okay. A, and a lot of money. And they have to have all the, all, you know, they have to make... Uh, all the items necessary in that. And so you'd certainly, it, you certainly would want it to cost as much or definitely a multiple more than the cost of casting the spell normally. So if you're, if like for instance, identify when we were talking about um, last week, you know, the pearls, 100 gold pieces, that I would say would have to be crushed into the, into the ink with the carp and right. with the, uh, the owl with the wine infused and that has to be mixed in and penned into the identify scroll so it should be very expensive to, to create an identify scroll yeah and that, and i guess i'm not very familiar with that because you're that's getting pretty high level i mean if you've got a magic user who's well, writing six levels six or seven levels that's, that's high to me 
Well, that high. That's high. I have magic users who could do that, and that's yeah. what they want to do. They want that's why they hate, that's why they're not happy with my campaign because I put a time limit. And they ha, there's a, you know an apocalyptic event that's going to happen, and they know they have to get done at a certain time, and they're frustrated because they want to run back and and spend you know two months writing scrolls. Oh right, because so they're going in there, so they want to go into the backpack of scrolls. Right, and 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 potions and and scrolls and right. you know, prepare. Super weapons they want to totally power up and so that's what like a big battle would be I guess in D&D is you've got like the magic users like if you're preparing for right. months Right the magic users are feverishly writing scrolls right and they're all going in there and they're whipping out their scrolls right. and well That's the idea is like potions. basically yeah. if, if we were going to industrialize magic you're a 12th level wizard, right? You have apprentices. That's literally all they would be doing They'd be writing scrolls, making magic items, just producing. Well, that's right. So that's what could happen to you. So if you could study, that's probably what a lot of magic users do because adventuring is very dangerous. Right. And risky. So you spend your time, you're just, yeah, you're hired out. You're at like a big, it's like a big law firm or something like right. that, right? The big right. magic user firm. Exactly. I'm an associate. At whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at Gandalf and Associates. Yeah, you've decided you're not cut out for adventuring. You, you went on the first level. You got assaulted by a scythe. All these other bad things have happened. You're like, this is not for me. You join. You you, you are going to be altruistic. You, you're not changing the world. You're, or you just know you're not very good. Like, right. you're never going to get past first level. You're right. right. Well, you have you to be six level coward. cast scrolls. Oh, that's right. You can't be working at that place unless you're pretty. No, oh, that's right. Be- oh, I get it now. This is retirement. Right. You've worked hard. You've got six levels. Adventuring's a young man's game. You're right. You've survived. Right. And you're like, oh, I'm going into the firm. I'm right. going to become an associate. And you want to become a junior partner, a partner at some point. You join the firm, and it's led by maybe an archmage or something. And but you know that the sooner you stop adventuring, the less money you're going to be paid because you're going to you can only do scrolls of a certain kind. Right. So so the really so like the Gandalfs of the world. Oh boy, yeah, they yeah. retire, and they're they're just bringing in the they're, money. They're fat cats, yeah, and they're okay. only taking the biggest cases. Oh, clearly. Right. They're only dealing with, oh, you need a, you need a scroll of wish. Well, No I, one's going to pay Gandalf to do a read magic. Right. Well, but that's the funny part. That's go back to identify. Because, so they have this powerful magic user in their tower at the town, and they want him to cast identify. I'm like, I'm not wasting my time casting identify. I'm 14th level. I don't have time for your shenanigans. Get out of here. Right. It's going to cost you 20,000 gold pieces. Now, they have 20,000, but he's not going to take eight points of con off for a day and, and be wrecked for a day. 20,000 is irrelevant to him. It's Right. You know, if you... If you a 14th level magic user looking at experience points, right? Just roughly, is uh, how much how much experience points did he has he collected? Oh, I don't know, 1.5 million experience yeah. points. So he's he's probably banked a million uh, experience points. Why is he going to do that? And, you know, and the, the players are always like, oh, this is so annoying. Why he won't do it? Well, I don't see you, you know, volunteering. It's almost like a, a charity case. He's not going down to the soup kit down to doing a pro bono uh, past the pearl event for a poor struggling adventurers for social justice that's not what he's he's doing he, he's not 14th level for a reason not for yeah. a reason so <laughs> i totally get it but yes that's that's the idea that's what they all want to do they want to set up uh all these player characters want to set up mines where they have dwarven miners mining for gems that's one guy's doing mm-hmm. that. Another guy's got his wizard factory. Another one has a cleric factory producing holy water and scrolls. Mm-hmm. The druid is, you know, taking mistletoe and making whatever mm-hmm. cudgels and everything. Yeah, they just want they want to industrialize. They are the Saruman of the of the world. That's why most parties are evil because they just mm-hmm. want to industrialize the world. 
Well, at least you're not bitter. No, I'm well. I'm not bitter. I just say no. You're not going to do that. But that is the argument for the ma- that is the argument for the magic shop. Because if you're just going to if they're going to do all that, just just give them a magic shop. That's what they really want. Mm-hmm. They just want a place. They want to look up the list and buy and sell whatever they want. They want a they want a bazaar. They want to auction the house. Right. Room. They really want to. They want a business. They want to give about business. Yeah. Well, M Bay Magic Bay. You put your right. item on. You take some pictures. Mm-hmm. You scroll. You know, have a limner. Make a, a figurine. Yeah, man, have of you it. seen there's a plus one sword? But man, they're asking for like yeah, five hundred gold pieces. They're crazy. The eBay prices are crazy. Uh, have you looked at the last thirty days of swords? There, it's trending it's, down. And the amount of shipping that they want for that plus one sword, ridiculous. Right. I mean, you know, seriously. Exactly. That's what they want. <laughs> they, they want modern convenience. And then I got that sword, and it was damaged. Right. And then how do you get it back? There's no right. guarantee. You're going to go back to that archway, the fourteenth level. Hey, this sword sucks. It's damaged. Well, I'm telling eBay. I'm yeah. going to give them a bad rating. Yeah, and then right. and then you're going to be turned to liquid. Now, the good news is, how am I doing? I need to, like, no, be, need, at a, need need to, to be at a game? Yeah, you got to get there soon. Okay, All I right. can cast a, The nice thing about scrolls is if I'm a magic user or anything else, right, and right. its spell is beyond my abilities, I can, can use it. it. I can, uh, and, right, but there is a... So that's the nice thing. So the, the first level magic user finds a fireball spell. Right. He can try to cast he that baby, right? That's the good news. The bad news now, is the bad news is there's a chance of spell failure. Right. So it says on page 128, if a spell a spell user acquires a spell with a spell of level not yet usable by a character, the spell user may still attempt to use the spell. The ch- chance of failure or other bad effect is five percent per level difference between the character present level and the level of magic use at which the spell could be cast. For example, a first-level magic user finds a wish spell, which is okay, and the chance of failure is 85% because you have to be 18th level to cast it normally. Your mm-hmm. first level, mm-hmm. that's 17 levels mm-hmm. times 5, 85%. Um, dice roll applied, and, 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 and any score of 85 or less indicates failure of some sort. And then, so basically, the, depending on the level of difference, you either have a total failure or reverse or harmful effect. So in that scenario, they have a 30% chance of failure, 70% chance of reversal or harmful effect. So, you know, we, uh, in the game you first started, the, the, some of the old adventures gave out these ridiculously powerful spells. Mm-hmm. And everyone's lo- and I was the magic user, and I'm like, oh, use that limited wish. I'm like, I'm first level. For limited wishes, 14th level spell, that means I have a 50% chance of failure and a 50% chance of reverse or harmful effect. No thanks. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> assuming that you know I, I get it off, which would be a 75% chance. So, um, but what's interesting is it's still. So what's good about this is is this the way I read this is so in this case if you had a 14th level magic user who casts fireball, which would be a 14th level me- level fireball. And I'm a I'm a fourth level uh, magic user. I don't only have a five percent chance of failure because it's not the level it was cast at by the caster. It's the level you right. need to cast the spell. Right. So that's the other advantage too. You could um, you could find spells that are more powerful. Again, uh, a fourteenth level fireball is way better than fourteenth. Uh, I'm sorry, a fireball cast at a, by a fourteenth level magic user is way better than a fireball cast by a fifth level magic user. So there's another opportunity. That's why you have to figure out what the level of casting of the spell is. But unfortunately, you know, again, you can read these a bunch of ways. But that's what I've allowed. That's why I allow it to do. I don't. Um, I don't say that it's the failures based on the level. Though you could have read somewhere here. Um, 
it says just above it, but as the DM, you may decide, this is, and I decide not to, to make certain scrolls more powerful by increasing the level at which they are written. However, this will certainly affect the chance of spell failures given below. Which yeah, that is, doesn't, I thought. Right, so it's, it doesn't. Doesn't make sense because right. it's saying it's the level of the that spell itself, not right. at which it's written. Right, so I ignore it. It says you may, and I say no. But you could be a jerk and say yes. It actually is at the level it's cast. The character's present level and the level of magic use at which the spell could be used. Right. That's very clear. The thing above it is a may. You may decide. So you could be a jerk if you wanted to. Oh, by increasing the level at which they are written. Yeah, but the may is you may decide that certain scroll spells are more powerful by increasing the level at which they are written. However, all right. And which makes it makes sense that it should be more powerful, meaning... Again, a 14th level magic user, I don't, it makes no sense that they would dumb down the spell to 6th level. They would, they would, because the idea is they would use it for themselves. Why would I write a 6th level fireball, 6 hit dice It sounds fireball. like it is, that first sentence always confused me. All scroll spells are assumed to be written so as to make it easy and quick as possible for the writer. Thus, the level of the spell, blah, 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 is but one level. It sounds like they're, it's, it's they want it to be quick and easy, to make it as easy and quick as possible yeah. for the writer. Is that writing it or casting it? Yeah, I don't... I, that, so in other words, is it harder to write at 14 levels? Or take, is it longer? I've never... I, I don't know. I've never seen that. Because here it says one full day for each level of the spell being written, not the level of the caster. So what first level spell takes one day, second two. Time is so spent must be continuous without interruption, except for only for rest, food, and sleep and the like. So, no, I didn't. The way I've adjudicated that is there's an advantage to using a higher level casted spell. Mm -hmm. Because, but typically it's a moot point because you're rolling these randomly. You don't know the magic user who's doing it. And you're, you're assuming the fireball that they found in the temple or wherever in the treasure is one level higher necessary. Okay. So, um, so, I think so that's how we adjudicate yeah. that. Okay, right. I think I'm better. Uh... Yeah, we're gonna start. We're gonna so we're pretty much. So we talked about creating scrolls. We talked about there are protection scrolls that anyone can use. Cursed scrolls are very terrible, um, but yet uh, again, the one other thing is if a scroll has multiple scrolls, uh, multiple spells on it, you can cast. You don't have to cast them in order. You can cast the fourth one and it will disappear, and the other six remain. They don't. It doesn't right. destroy. So if you have a scroll of seven spells. The fourth spell is uh, used, the three below it remain, the top three remain. Now, however, if you mess up a spell, you can't use that slot. You have to, if you're writing it, you have to go past it. So you could have made a scroll that potentially could hold seven spells, but if you screw it up, you can have to start over. Now you have a scroll of six spells. And you can transcribe a spell into your book if you're a magic user. You only need the right spell if it is above your level. Correct. Is that right? Yeah, if you're going to cast, if you you're can't gonna cast transfer it. that into your spell book, which is, again, uh, if once you do that, if you transfer it, let's say you find a scroll of a fireball, you don't have fireball, you don't want to use it one time, you want to be able to use it frequently, you would then cast write or you could write it manually. We adjudicate write um, is faster to put in your book than writing So if it's way. a cleric spell, though, so clerics don't have spell yeah, books. They, that doesn't work for them. They just have to use them. Right. Illusionists do. Right. Druids do, do not. Right. So if it's a cleric scroll. It's a one and done. It's a one and done. So the problem is if you get a scroll and we know that you start to read it, then it's going to start to fade. Well, if you don't read it, it's going to fade. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's right. If you don't read it, it's going to fade. Yeah, once you read it magically, it's now it stays. 
Right. Oh, that's right. So you've got to, right. right. So that's you need. But if you want to be more logical, more consistent, then you do use the rule that we're talking about is that, you know, every month that you or every day that you don't read it, there should be a chance that it fades because you've broken the seal or something like that. But that's not rules as written. Right. Okay. Rules as written, you got to do it. So I think that's a good ending point for scrolls. We again thank John we, uh, for him coming on. Um, I'm sure Dan and I, you know, we, we, were, we didn't get a chance to think about a suggestion, but the, so the suggestion I'm going to use. Suggestion. Last week we had our first Crucible meeting, um, and so my suggestion is go out to Crucible. Uh, is it crucible.com? I think it is. Uh, oh, I, I have to, I'll put in the link because um, we go to grogcon.com. Uh, and we're going to start putting uh, information out there uh, for if you're interested, we're going to suggest if you are a DM and you want to or GM and you want to run a old school game at uh, GrogCon at Crucible in October here in the Orlando area, we would love for you to come down, um, go to GrogCon, uh, look up the information and submit your things. We're going to use a tabletop um, uh Events, tabletop events, yeah. Tabletop events to set that up. If you need information, please go to info, info at grogcon.com. Uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Please like and subscribe. I want to thank, we've got some new, uh, new subscribers. We had a couple of new comments thanking us uh, for the, the work that we're doing here. So again, if there's, if there's topics you want us to talk about, we love that. We love the interaction. We appreciate everyone who's listening. So I'm James. I'm Dan. And thank you for listening to Grog Talk. Have a great day. This is big, a pushy, a big production. All rights reserved.